coming up on this episode of The Social Hour. GigaOM.com's Matthew Ingram joins us from a log cabin in Canada to talk social. Plus, I've tried out News.me and I have some opinions. Are they the same opinions as yours? Facebook's got weird privacy setting issues as usual. And Amber's found some social headphones. Are they rad or are they fat? That's all coming up. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for the Social Hour is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is the Social Hour, Episode 5, with Sarah Lane and Amber MacArthur. Recorded Monday, April 25th, 2011. This episode of The Social Hour is brought to you by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies streamed to your PC, Mac, or TV instantly. Plus, get DVDs in the mail in about one business day. For your free 30-day trial, go to netflix.com slash twit. And by squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. For a free 14-day trial, go to squarespace.com slash social hour. And by audible.com. To download a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash social hour. Welcome to another episode of The Social Hour. This is episode number five in Petaluma, California. I'm Sarah Lane. And in South Florida, I'm Amber MacArthur. South Florida, Amber. So what's going on with this? Where are you and, and why are yeah. you not in Toronto? Sarah, it's... Like, where's Waldo, you know? Trying to figure out where I am. It's always a mystery. Uh, well, I'm actually here on vacation, so this is a good thing because uh, I've been doing a lot of speaking events and running all over the place, so I'm taking a few days with my family and spending some time down here, and it's been absolutely beautiful. So I think both of us have been very very lucky over the past little while with our warm weather because you just got back from uh, beautiful Maui. I did, yes. I was in Maui. Um, I Many people who watched it might have noticed that you didn't see me on any of the shows last week because I took a week off. And it was, Amber, it was funny because um, part of the, the trip was a news purge, you know, a, a work purge completely. I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a vacation of sitting and reading a book made of paper and looking out at the water and just kind of daydreaming. But that said, I did have my iPad with me. I didn't bring my laptop, but I did bring my iPad. And so I was absorbing some news from afar, which was an interesting experience. But I mean, we can get into a little bit more about that later in the show when we, when we um, talk about a, a few of the topics that are relevant to this. But it was an interesting week to kind of be out of this bubble, if you want to call it a bubble, but still be reading about what everyone is, you know, the, the latest frenzy. You know, the, the latest frenzy on a Tuesday feels really different when you're sitting on a beach drinking, you know, a coconut drink. Yeah, you can still, I mean, that's the, the funny thing. I think when we talk about going on vacations these days, I don't think anyone truly ever disconnects. I, for me, I, I wouldn't find that relaxing. I would have anxiety if I went away for a week and couldn't check in with email or Twitter. And maybe that's a bad thing. However, uh, I, it would be more stressful for me upon returning to my home to have to go through all of the messages and I would just feel a little lost. So it's nice, like the way that you did it, where you check in once in a while. Yeah, I think, I think appreciate that, that. there's definitely a bit of a, oh my God, you know, this, this morning, for example, I was telling you before the show, it's like my flight ended up coming in later than I thought it would. And so my carefully planned, okay, I'll get five hours of sleep, not ideal, but I can do it, turned into two. 
And now it's, you know, it's Monday and it's like, oh my gosh, life didn't stop with me. It has kept going yeah. and now there's a bit of catch up. But uh, for anybody who watched our last show, at the end of episode four, we did something a little fun and different. Um, we kind of ended the show with a question, uh, something to ponder. And this was actually a tweet from Matthew Ingram, who, uh, if anyone's not familiar with him, is a senior writer over at GigOM, a really smart guy. And he had asked on Twitter, this was something that caught my eye because I had kind of been thinking about it, and Amber and I decided just to, to sort of throw it out to all of you on the social hour, um, and I'll just quote his tweet now, the decline of soap operas can be linked more or less directly to the rise of Facebook and Zynga. Discuss! Um, and I thought that that was really interesting, Amber, because it was, I think it's something that a lot of people are thinking about, but it's to ask directly, hey, you know, soap operas uh, are always known as, you know, they kind of get that reputation as people who are lazy sitting around with nothing better to do, uh, watching, exactly. you know, silly stuff. Well, Facebook and Zynga obviously are much more interactive. But, you know, is there a similarity there? So we actually have Matthew Ingram from GigaOM on the show now. He's our guest today, and he is in his log cabin of some sort in Canada. Hi, Matthew. Hi. <laughs> hey, Matthew. Thanks for Hi, joining Amber. us. And we should mention that that tweet was inspired by uh, the fact that one of the top soap operas of all time recently announced that they were ending the show. So, Matthew, I'm guessing that inspired your tweet and your uh, thinking around this. Yeah, as you can imagine, I'm I'm a big fan of that show and uh, a bunch of the other soap operas that were canceled. Um, I guess it's something I've been thinking of for a little while. Th these aren't the first uh, soap operas to get canceled. I think there's been three or four major ones, and and I, you know, those were such a huge part of TV and a huge part of a, a whole generation. It it got me thinking, why, why now? And and obviously, there's a bunch of reasons. You know, cable is one, um, but I think. Facebook and Zynga are a big part of the reason, too. I mean, it, it's funny because we asked some folks, uh, the, the um, viewers of the Social Hour and, and listeners, to write in and give us some thoughts. And, I mean, we got a lot of feedback. I would say the majority of folks said, this is just, you know, it's, it's a time waster. People like to do silly things with their time sometimes. We all do it. Um, and it just is, you know, it's it's changing the medium. Um, and then other folks said, well, no, um, there there is something much different than passively watching a show where you don't have to interact and you can kind of, you can almost think about something else completely. And something like, you know, we say Zynga, so people think Farmville, for example, where you are being interactive, whether it's silly or not, you have to play uh, an active role in the enjoyment of the experience, and sometimes money is involved. So, I mean, when people choose to spend an hour or two of their time doing something that can be seen as sort of hee-hee, silly, this doesn't mean anything, I mean, does it? What, what, what do you think is, is happening with our brains when, um, when people are, are using that time much more proactively? I guess I think that um, Zynga and lots of those games are very similar to, to other things that we do um, to kind of not just waste time, but uh, to sort of free our minds in, in a way to get away from work, um, to get away from sort of other things that we don't want to think about. Um, and actually, the first thing I thought of, uh, thought of was real life gardening. So in, in Farmville or whatever, you get to tend your crops. You know, lots of people like to to fiddle in a garden or play with plants or whatever. And, and there's a real reward there, but you're not really, you know, you're not accomplishing that 
much in terms of you're not writing a sonnet or, you know, uh, putting together a PowerPoint or whatever. It's not going to help you in your job. But it is something um, that activates something, I think, in the brain, you know, that there's a reward there that you get from doing that. There's so much reward stuff happening online right now. I mean, what's the, what's the, the new buzzword? It's... um. Gamification. Exactly. Gamification. So it's now yeah. everything, not everything, but so many services now are based on, uh, calling Amber back, so we might have some kind of funny audio for a second, are based on the idea of doing something and getting a reward, whether it's a virtual reward, you know, or some sort of a thumbs up or, or even real money. Um, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, does it seem unnecessary for, you know, is this, is this kind of one of those things where everybody's got to jump on the bandwagon, you know, how location was a couple of years ago? I actually think gamification, you know, it's kind of a dumb word. And I, I think that's what a lot of people are responding to. Um, you know, it's, it sounds, it sounds fatty. Um, it sounds like you just hand out a bunch of badges to people and, and that gamifies everything. I think, but underneath, I think there's an important concept, which is the sort of human psychology of motivation. So how do you get people to to do things? We've got Amber back now. Hey, Amber. <laughs> Sorry, we lost you there for a second. Hey, hey Sarah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you now. Um, so, uh, I want you know what, Sarah? I'm just gonna turn my video off because I think I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna turn video off just to give it a rest. <laughs> Fair enough, no problem. Uh, Matthew and I, just to get you back up to speed on what you missed, we were just kind of talking about the whole um, idea of gamification, you know, that buzzword that's that's around so many services now that, um, that want to reward you for participation, which on the surface seems great because, you know, it gets people thinking and, and you're not just kind of zoning out like I was talking about with soap operas before. And by the way, no problem with soap operas. I used to love Days of Our Lives when I was younger and had nothing to do at 3 o'clock after school. But, but uh, you know, what do you, what do you think about the idea of rewarding folks for participation? Because it really does take an organic want out of the equation, or at least it, it changes it somewhat, because it's not so much that you love this game, it's that you might be manipulated a little bit to be, to be wanting to participate and be part of the team. Don't, in, some, in some ways, I think, I don't know if you feel the same way, Matthew, but it's like anything in moderation, you know? And I think what happens with games like Farmville and maybe even with uh, soap operas, is sometimes people get too, uh, uh, too obsessed with them, spend too much time either watching them or playing them. But the reality is if you can just do anything in, moder in moderation, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. So, Matthew, I want to ask you, I mean, we've talked about uh, the, the kind of reaction that we got when, when we kind of posed this question to folks. And, and again, there's, there's been a range of answers from people saying, ah, oh, Farmville, you know, it's just a bunch of junk, to no, there's actually some good stuff here, to, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's dangerous because people could spend their life savings. What kind of reactions did you get to your initial tweet online? Well, I got a bunch of reactions from people who who sort of questioned my thesis that uh, this played a has played a major role in the death of soap operas. So a bunch of people said uh, it's the rise of cable. Uh, a bunch of people said it's demographics. So you have more two-income families. You don't have you know the typical soap opera housewife sitting on the couch. 
Um, and I think those are all uh, aspects of it. But I know in my experience talking to friends and, and uh, people that I come across, a lot of them mention that Zynga and those games have filled in that spot that I think soap operas used to fill, where it's kind of mindless. You know, you're not going to write an essay or treatise on some soap opera episode. It's something your brain can do and your eyes can do that sort of, you know, activates them, but it isn't really hard. Mm -hmm. And I think Zynga has filled that spot really, really well. Some of those games, maybe they feel like you're accomplishing more than you are, but it's something to sort of, it's like chewing gum for your mind. Right. So I have to ask you, Matthew, since uh, you do work at GigaOM, and I love your work, um, all kidding aside about the way that we tease each other on Instagram, but uh, I mean, <laughs> in the social space, of course, this is a, a show about social media, um, and Amber and I love to talk about new stuff that crops up, and if it's if it's a cool service, or you know, if it's just a fad, or or you know, maybe we're wrong. What's most exciting to you right now in this space? I guess one of the interesting things is, um, you know, looking at apps like Instagram compared to say an app like Path, um, you know, where they've they've gone in a completely different direction or or started to. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think about what makes those things work versus what makes them not work. And and I, it's one of the things that I, that's been bugging me ever since Twitter first came along. I thought, like a lot of people, I thought Twitter was ridiculous. I had no clue what anyone would actually want to use it for. I thought it literally had no purpose and or whatever purpose it had was just stupid. So, you know, whenever, whenever something like that happens and the, the reality turns out to be 180 degrees from what I thought it was going to be, you know, I start getting interested in why, why did that work when something else didn't work? Yeah. Why do I find Instagram you know, appealing in a way I don't find path appealing. Now, do you do, do you Why not find path appealing? And for anybody who's not familiar, no. Instagram is is you know it's a photo sharing very much like Twitter, really, where you follow people and and you sh and you share photos. People can comment and like and and path is much more of a closed system that mm -hmm. it's a it, it's an exclusive kind of uh, a friendship where you have fifty friends total that you can share things with. The idea being, of course, that people are more themselves and there's a more genuine, um, it's, it's as if it's, it's mimicking the way real life is more than online life because of course we don't all have thousands and thousands of friends that you know, we hang out and talk to regularly. But it does turn the whole Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram model on its head. Matthew, why don't, why don't you like Path? I guess, it, you know, it's not that I hate it. I just don't find it as useful um, in the, in the same way I do Instagram. And Instagram does a couple of things for me. It lets me share my photos, you know, and, and have people comment on them, people I may not already know. Um, just because I don't know someone doesn't mean their comment is not going to be valuable to me. Um, and it lets me look at photos from people like you and MG lounging by the infinity pool. Um, <laughs> that would and be then, serenity and then I get pool. To, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, and then I get to see, it's like a tiny little window into someone's life. Mm -hmm. And I get to comment or I get to like or I get to, and those, those two things, to me, it's almost irrelevant um, whether I actually know those people. I actually have people I follow on Instagram. I, I can't quite remember who they are exactly. 
or how I know them <laughs> or why I'm following them. But I get some value out of their photos and maybe they get some out of mine. Matthew, is there, can you hear me okay, Matthew? Yeah. Uh, is there any site right now, and I mean, everybody asks me this question, and I hate to put it over there to you, but aside from Instagram and some of the, the color apps, is there any site right now in the social space that is new in 2011 that you think is going to be a hit, whether it could be Quora or anything else out there that you think it's kind of one worth watching? I guess Quora has been on my list for a while. I know that kind of the, you know, the heat has gone out of it in the sense that Bloggers like me aren't writing about it every five minutes, but I still think it's an interesting um, aspect of something that, say, Wikipedia got onto early, which is just the, the ability to crowdsource information of all kinds, not just about one specific thing, but about all kinds of different things. And I don't know, to be honest, whether Quora is going to, you know, become a business or whether it's going to succeed, but I think what it's trying to do is very interesting. So you're not going to give us any inside tips on any uh, cool sites we should be watching? <laughs> I'm just bugging you. <laughs> it's it's hard to know the next. Everybody wants to know the next Twitter, right? And it's hard to. Uh, um, I don't see anything else out there either. I don't know, Sarah. Do you do you see anything that you're sort of keeping an eye on that well, you think is going to be a biggie? You know, it was funny. Matthew was it was it was nice of him to be so honest and say I hated Twitter. You know, I thought it was so stupid. I, I didn't get it. I, I didn't want to get it. And, it. and it took a while. And I think that that um, that's actually I wouldn't say, you know, you just using Quora as an example. Um, I did a little story on Quora when it first, you know, uh, came into my radar when I was working at Current a couple years ago. And I thought, well, this is a cool service, but it's just not something that I'm going to use. And there are a lot of great services out there that I just don't use uh, because there's only too many hours in the day. And, and, I, and it just sort of, I don't know, fell off my, my radar as soon as it came on. And, and I kept hearing about it and start, sort of started to annoy me, you know, because it's like, no, but, but why does everyone like Cora so much? I think they just like it because they're supposed to like it kind of a thing. And there was a bit of a hype that irritated me a little bit. But... I think that, you know, and that it's almost like a, a movie, you know, that's, that's so popular that you just don't want to see it and you don't want to hear about it. And it's probably good, but you just, it's, it's, it's being thrust at you um, too much. And I kind of feel that way with a lot of services that it takes some time to warm up to it. And not every service is going to be uh, the right service for everybody. But there definitely are the Twitters, of course, that end up being a resource that you can't live without that you didn't like initially and you have to you have to let your brain absorb it and figure out how it's actually going to help you in your career in your personal life and and beyond i think it's also that that a lot of those services don't really it doesn't become obvious that they're going to be useful until you get the network effects so in the early days you know it's like five people having email they probably thought email was pretty stupid too but when you get tens of millions and hundreds of millions of people using these things, then it quickly becomes obvious that there is value there. Mm -hmm. So Twitter didn't, didn't have that much value when I only know t knew two people who were using it. Right. Once I knew hundreds, then all of a sudden it became obvious that there was value there. Tumblr, I think, is another great example. Tumblr, I thought, was pretty dumb too. I thought, who needs another blogging platform? I mean, WordPress <laughs> is great. You know, why do we need something like Tumblr? Yeah. And plus, you can't do a lot, a lot of the stuff you do with a regular blog platform. I look at the way my teenage daughter uses Tumblr, and it's fascinating. It's, it's sort of halfway in between blogging and Twitter. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's funny. I was just uh, complaining about uh, some of the people I follow on Tumblr. They're all great. Don't get me wrong. But for whatever reason, I, follow, I signed up for Tumblr a while ago. I followed a bunch of people right away. Some of them I didn't know, but they were followed by other people uh, that I follow. And now I've got sort of a weird, skewed version of Tumblr. And it's a very different landscape than my Twitter people. And it's not bad, but I almost feel like, you know, I've... I've created this Tumblr world that isn't necessarily me and my <laughs> my general interests, and I might need to just start fresh, but we'll see. I think a lot of social networks are like that, but that makes it kind of interesting, right? You know, I used to think of Twitter and Facebook mm -hmm. kind of as the same sort of thing, but over time, I've realized, wow, they really are different communities and need to be treated differently. You know, people on my Facebook account like things, uh, different things than people on my Twitter account, for example, and LinkedIn, an entirely different community, and in some ways, that's what makes it kind of interesting. Matthew, I just have one more question for you uh, since you write so much for Gigaom. Is there any article that you're working on this week that we should look forward to? All of them, of course, but one in particular. Yeah. Give us the goods. Yeah, I guess, I guess all of them. Uh, I, I don't have anything, you know, hugely fascinating up my sleeve. I'm, I'm sure I'll just, you know, whatever pops into my mind. He's in his log cabin, Amber. Give him a break. He's relaxing. He's on vacation. I'm trying to steal ideas from you. <laughs> you know, <Here's> Matthew. <laughs> Matthew Ingram, senior writer for GigaOM. Thank you so much for joining us, Matthew. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry about some of those connection issues, but hey, you know, it's the internet. We're just, it's, yeah, exactly. it's, the, it's the Wild West. Um, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your time at the lake, and thanks so much for being on the show. Okay. Come back soon. I will. I will. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks, Matthew. Matthew Ingram, he is senior writer for Gig Ohm, and he's great. If you don't know him, he's awesome. You should. You've you know what I love about Matthew? What's he's that? one of those people who I, I retweet all the time. You know, it seems like he always has so much interesting stuff on Twitter, and I, you, know, you can't say that for everybody out there who's tweeting, but he always has a really compelling content and stuff that you just want to share and, and read immediately. And he's, he's always ahead of the curve, I think, on a lot of the trends. So it's a big source for me. I totally For agree. Sure. Um, I think Matthew's great. Uh, of course, the whole team at GigaOM is awesome. Uh, they're they're good folks. Um, but Matthew, in particular, he's it's great. It's he, Amber. He's he's really one of those people who I feel like we have kind of a fun rapport and friendship online. You know, some people you'll you you meet online and especially if you're in the same line of work and you can learn a lot from each other and you can share links and you think oh this is such a great great person to know a good resource and then there are the folks that are all of those things but then you think you know i'd really like to hang out and have lunch you know the you, you're you're actually a, um you have a lot in common with me in a whole different way um, yeah, definitely. He's in that category. And I, just for people who are uh, listening right now, if you want to follow him, he's math, at Matthew I on Twitter. And uh, again, lots of great content. Now, Sarah, speaking of great content, I don't know if we have an ad before we go to our first news item, but uh, uh, even though you're on vacation, you were still working and uh, checking out uh, news.me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we will talk about news.me in two shakes of a lamb's tail, but before we do, I want to take a moment to thank Netflix. Netflix, of course, is pretty much the best resource ever for um, people who like movies, TV shows, TV series, you know, people like us. Netflix is the best way to get movies to your home, whether it's DVDs in the mail or it's uh, instant uh, streaming movies uh, via a variety of devices. 
you know, PS3 and Xbox uh, and Netflix-enabled television. I've got one of those. Your Apple TV, for example. You just sign up. You get a free month trial. And you start, uh, you start filling up your queue online. So what you do is, you, you know, you sign up for an account at Netflix.com, of course. It's very easy. It takes just, just a few minutes. Well, not even a few minutes, really. A minute, maybe, if you're, if you're, if you're looking at the clock. And you, uh, you start filling up your queue. So but by queue, I mean that you, you can decide, well, I really want to watch, um, you know, let's browse some selections. I, I really like... Um, some anime, an animation, for example. So let's see what Netflix has in that area. Uh, and of course, my my internet connection is very slow right now. Um, it's a theme, sir, but that's okay. <laughs> we shall push forward. It's true. It's true. So anyway, depending on what kind of stuff you're into, Netflix has many titles. And in fact, their instant streaming titles have gotten really good. I mean, they're adding stuff all the time. Um, I think I mentioned uh, recently that, um, that they had Hot Tub Time Machine, but they also have Gone with the Wind. So it's comedy, <laughs> it's new, it's old classics, everything in between. Say that once more, Amber. We've got audio issues with you again. Uh, I was just saying that uh, that's quite the collection, everything from Hot Tub Time Machine yeah. to uh, Gone with the Wind. It doesn't get much better than that. It's so true. Netflix is, is truly, truly a service that you must have because once you go Netflix, you'll never go back. I just made that up myself. And we have um, a special little offer for you because when you register for a free trial membership, and again, you've got 30 days, 30 days of watching free movies. I mean, you can go nuts. No late fees or anything, so you can watch as many or as few movies or TV shows, again, as you want. Go to netflix.com slash twit. That is our special code. That's, what, that's how they know that, uh, that, that you came from us and that you're watching the social hour and that you're enjoying it. So Netflix is the bomb. I couldn't live without it. I'm not even kidding. Um, instant streaming has, has changed my life. I don't actually use the DVD service, uh, but many people prefer it. Um, obviously, you can, you can do Blu-ray discs as well uh, on some of their titles. So it is, um, they give you a lot of options, but it is really, it's, uh, it makes going to the video store... Just a thing of a thing of yesteryear, uh, as it should be. All right, Amber. So moving on. You mentioned News.me. Have you played around with this iPad app at all? Uh, I haven't, you know. And uh, I was just reading up a little bit about it today, and it looks uh, super cool. And it just. You know, it kind of brings us uh, to this theme we've been talking a lot about on the show, the idea of, of the social, socialization of your news and information and how you want to get content, whether it's search or, or uh, an, an article or photos or whatever it might be. Yeah, exactly. So anybody who's not familiar, uh, this is news.me. So this is just an iPad app, and it caught a lot of attention. And, like, as I mentioned last or, uh, earlier in the show last week, gosh, I mean, I really am sleep-deprived. I have been on vacation, so this dropped in the, in the app store. Again, it's iPad only, at least right now, while I was on vacation. So this is the sort of thing that I hear a lot of hype about. But I'm not really in the thick of it. I'm kind of sitting on the sidelines reading some initial reports thinking, hmm, hmm, why is this interesting to me? And of course, because I do a show called iPad Today, I'm always interested in new iPad apps. And this is, it's different because it is 
It's different than a Flipboard. It's different from a Zite. Uh, Flipboard, of course, is, is a way to, to read your Twitter stream or your Facebook stream or, you know, Google Reader or really any RSS um, feed in a nice visual iPad way. Zite is a way to discover news based on the kind of news that you tell them you like. News.me is totally different because what I'm doing is, so I'm looking at my own profile here. And I'm following a, a few people, Matthew Ingram being one of them, because I recognize his avatar. This is stories that people have shared from my Twitter following list. So these are all stories that are shared by people that I'm following on Twitter. So the you know, and you think, well, isn't that just like what Twitter is? It isn't because it strips out any um, any tweet that is not a link to an external article. Now this is made, I should mention, it's a, it's a, this app was put together in conjunction with the Bitly people and New York Times. So you think, well, is it just Bitly links? No, it's not. Um, but they're just in the business really of, of, of working well uh, with metrics and following links. And so this is my, again, so okay, so you get the idea that I'm, I'm looking at stories that people that I'm following on Twitter have shared. So that's where it's different from, you know, something like Flipboard because if Amber tweeted, hey, just got my haircut, I love this, this would not show up in NewsMe because she didn't actually link to any sort of outside news source. Okay, so that's my feed. But let's say that I want to take a look into what Matthew Ingram uh, what his his news feed looks like because what what happens at this point is and it'll take a moment to load all of his information is this is all of the folks that Matthew is following on Twitter's links so these aren't necessarily people that I'm following these are people that he finds interesting to follow um, and the the way that this is kind of interesting and unique is it really depends on who you follow on Twitter because of course you know Amber you follow a lot of folks on Twitter a lot more than I do. So your yeah, definitely. So your news me stream might be a much more oh I don't know I guess just general. Um, you you would get maybe a, a more broad look into what people are talking about on the internet because you just follow more people and you know you have more interest. Yeah, definitely. I, I would you know I find even just with the people I follow it is a, a broader range of content, not necessarily just uh, internet and technology news, but it really kind of runs the gamut and there's a little bit of everything in there because when I started on Twitter I uh, I followed almost every person back that follows me and I still I don't follow every person that follows me but I follow a lot of people because I always feel as if I should you know I just feel guilty when I read their tweet and I don't follow them back so you're right I would get a, a wider range of content yeah so this is um, you know I clicked on MG's profile and he follows uh, a Twitter account called tech meme Firehose, which of course is just it's kind of you know rapid-fire tech meme headlines um, and this is an article that I may not have seen otherwise about uh, Google um, and Overstock.com, for example. So this is, you know, you can read the entire article from within NewsMe. So that's very nice. You, of course, can share it. You can bookmark it. And then for anybody who kind of goes, well, wait a second, I don't necessarily want people to to be reading, you know, it, it, it almost seems like a privacy weird issue where... I might be following folks on Twitter. I mean, that's public knowledge, but it's almost like people are reading my my newspaper. You do have some settings options um, in your in your reading options. You can uh, filter news that that news me uh, deems uh, most uh, appropriate for you. 
Um, you can turn on Twitter favorites. If you favorite things on Twitter a lot, you can get those added into your results. Um, and then in account settings, if you're kind of weirded up by the whole thing, you can actually hide your stream. So you can use news.me. If I wanted to hide my stream, I would just say on here. I could use it, but nobody would actually be reading this this particular page, which would be mine. Amber, I thought that this was interesting. You know, we don't necessarily like review iPad apps on this show, but there are so many apps and services coming out that are all supposed to be the next generation of news and how we're all absorbing news and how we're all sharing it with each other. And a lot of these services, I mean, they look beautiful. I mean, uh, design-wise and UI-wise, they're really nice. Um, I had a couple of hiccups with NewsMe last week, but it seems pretty stable now. I mean, they, they only launched less than a week ago. But I wonder how, how many variations we can handle when it comes to, okay, what are we all talking about on Twitter and how are we all going to share it with each other? Because NewsMe works differently than a Flipboard yeah. and a Zite. And I just don't, it's like you can only ask people to modify their reading behavior so much before they just have to choose one, you know? Yeah, and I think with the average person, it's hard to uh, keep up with so many different tools, right, and so many different services. And and I think back to the days of Newsvine. If you remember Newsvine and how popular that was in the, yes. the news sharing space, and um, you know, it, it kind of faded away a little bit. And that's what I, I worry about with apps like this is that when they're kind of aggregating content and sharing it different ways. I think it's interesting, but I wonder, you know, what's the longevity? But we hit on this earlier in the show when we just don't know. You know, there could be that mass adoption into like Twitter, and then all of a sudden, um, it, it kind of takes off. So true. Um, you know, it's funny when we were. What, yeah, I've been thinking uh, as I was on vacation, having a lot of time to think, thinking a lot about the way that I absorb news. You know, I had mentioned when we were talking to Matthew a few minutes ago that my Tumblr feed, I mean, a bunch of great people I'm following on Tumblr, so it's certainly not a knock on the people I'm following. It just seems to have skewed into a direction where I open up Tumblr not that often because... It's 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 kind of left field um, from a lot of Sarah, the other who news. Sarah, who are you following on Tumblr now? I'm interested in just subscribing to your news feed. It sounds like a deep dark place. <laughs> it's not. Well, you know, it's funny. It's when I first signed up for Tumblr, and I mean, I know we're going a little bit down a rat hole, but uh, this was a, a while ago, and I had signed up for one of the, you know, just you know, I used one of their their layouts that you know they give you for free. Now Tumblr has many different themes. Some are paid for and some are free and so on and so forth. But it was a much simpler service then. So I felt like I just followed a lot of people that were active on Tumblr. And at that time, I was still um, a little weirded out by the exposing who you're following on Tumblr, which a lot of people have on their layouts, you know, where there'll be, you know, you see the avatars of a bunch of different yeah. people. This, I mean, Tumblr, I at least signed up for Tumblr around the beginning days of Twitter. This was like early 2007. So I was still getting used to the idea of being so public with all the people that I found interesting because for a long time it was like you read what you read and nobody needed to know what you were reading and now it's all very public like I read Amber's stuff I follow her on Tumblr I follow her on Twitter I'm friends with her and on Instagram and so on so I had stripped that out a long time ago so there's actually no public uh, list of people I'm following on Tumblr but it's a lot of awesome people you know what I should do I should just turn that back on in my layout and then you can go to my Tumblr page <laughs> you can see everyone I'm following you can follow whoever you want 
Um, <laughs> I'm very curious now. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like, it's just, we have so many different news sources and companies just keep springing up. NewsMe is just the latest in how do we deliver news to folks that makes the most sense for them, where they get the most out of it. They're not inundated by things they're not um, interested in. Um, but it's centered completely around who you follow on Twitter and who they follow. So it's a really different experience for everybody because, you know, if you follow somebody that you don't, you know, you don't think that they're bringing the A-game content, but you don't want to unfollow them to be nice, then, you know, it's, that's going to skew what your experience on something like news.me Yeah. And we have an interesting uh, story for our next story, too, which kind of ties into this, because you're talking a lot about how you're using an app to basically figure out your friends are linking to you, and it's, it's putting everybody into one kind of funnel. Um, but this is interesting. We were talking about getting more control of your news feed within Facebook and how Facebook often decides for you um, what you should see. And I find this just entirely wrong in so many ways. I don't know how you feel about it, Sarah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. So this was, uh, how did we even stumble on the story? I was reading, I was reading a Mashable article um, about... Uh, I don't, I mean, who knows what it was about, but for some reason I got over to an uh, article from The Next Web about, um, it was kind of a rant actually um, from one of their writers that he didn't like the way that the Facebook news feed, and here I'll just pull up my own news feed so we get a sense of what we're talking about. He didn't like the way that uh, Facebook's news feed um, would kind of uh, show you certain things from your friends and hide others, and also lump others. So, for example, let's see if we can get an example. A lot of people have seen it where it'll say, um, you know, sent via Twitter by uh, Darren Kitchen or Amber MacArthur. Um, 40 other stories like this. Would you like to see those stories? And then you have the option to expand. And this is, you know, the, the Facebook does this for a few reasons, because sometimes people post a lot, and they don't want your newsfeed to be um, kind of taken over by just one person. Um, but Facebook is also all about that kind of smart friendship. We know who you interact with more um, than, you know, the, the people that you interact with m more often than others. So they try to, um, you know, get smart about what they're feeding to you. But I don't know about you, Amber, but I have, I had no idea that what Facebook had done a while ago is they basically, uh, they, they decided to take control of what they were going to feed up to you on your news feed with the option for you to say, no, I just want to see everybody. But they said, well, let's just kind of handpick what we think Sarah would like to see based on who she interacts with the most, maybe the people that she comments on their photos the most type of thing. And we'll just kind of hide everybody else into the background. Now, of course, I can go to their profiles. I could see everything that they're doing. But without realizing that Facebook had done this, I started to think that my news feed had become kind of weird you know it's like i would yeah, see the same updates from the same people and people that i really care about that I, maybe i went to high school with or something were just never showing up even though when i would go to their profile i'd see that they had been very active it's very strange and you know what i think uh, in this article on the next web they describe it best where uh, the writer says that uh, um, they're a lurker and they like to just kind of you know browse through what people are writing maybe not interact with everybody but you just like to check out 
they're doing. So the good news is you can go into your newsfeed settings and you can switch this back so that you can see all your friends and uh, pages within um, your newsfeed settings. So uh, I, I don't, you know, personally, I don't like it when Facebook does stuff like this where it, it uh, essentially decides how you want to view information or what you want public, what you want private. And I think before they they should give people a little bit of a heads up. Yeah, they should. In fact, well, I mean, let's just talk about, you know, once you go into Facebook settings, it's like you've opened a can of worms because now I can't even find my newsfeed settings. But the newsfeed settings, if you were if you were to find them, gosh, where are they? Are they under account or privacy? My goodness. It's uh, maybe, well, I don't know. Anybody in chat room know? Uh, well, anyway, when you go into Is your... Is it account? Oh, no. Now we've... Yeah, we need some help. Honestly, I mean, this shouldn't be this hard. I'm, I'm sorry, it really shouldn't. But the idea is, is that there, there is a settings area called newsfeed settings. When you go into your newsfeed settings, you have a, you know, two uh, boxes that you can choose to check or uncheck. One is show everybody in my new, in you know, all my friends and uh, activity from all my friends and pages. That is, uh, that is disabled by default. And I don't know when Facebook made the switch. Uh, it's something that I didn't notice until somebody else had drawn my attention to it. Or you have the option, which is enabled by default, uh, that Facebook will offer up the news and, uh, and stories and links that are most, uh, that, of people that you interact with the most. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing whatever their language is a little bit. But anyway, that is something that you have the option to control. Hey, if you like your Facebook experience, I'm certainly not saying that, you know, that, that you need to change anything, but you should know that you have options, um, and that is something yeah. that I think that Facebook has a history, uh, for better or for worse, of changing things um, because they feel it's best for their users and best for their user experience. And in many cases, maybe it is. I mean, if you've got somebody that is your Facebook friend who's just flooding your news stream, then and and they're going to have to be your friend, and you don't want to hide them, or or you know, which you can also do manually, friend by friend. This might be a good option for you, but it's just that we didn't know thing that gets me. <laughs> exactly. Now, uh, Sarah, for our last little uh, bit on Facebook, um, I just stumbled across this article a few hours ago. It's on Mashable. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's a great article about uh, one of the um, uh, most in, engaged uh, uh, fan groups on Facebook. And this is a group for Audi, you know, the car maker. Uh, turns out they have the most engaged fans on the site. And I think this is just really interesting for people out there who are wondering and, and want find good ways to build up their Facebook pages, you know, whether you're on a small company or you have a personal page and you want to figure out how to get more people coming, just look at some of the, the most engaging Facebook pages uh, on the service. And so uh, a great little case study was done, and you can check that out at Mashable.com, and I'm sure we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting that uh, some companies, and we've talked about this before, that, you know, putting together a page where, where you're engaging with, with uh, either, you know, your customers or, you know, a variety of businesses or news personalities, as I'm now calling myself on my Facebook page. Amber, I don't know what you call yourself. I used to be public figure. I don't know. That's a good question. Public figure, maybe? Well, so public figure used to be the one that applied to what we do the the most, but they've actually expanded our options. So one day I sat down and said, public figure makes me sound like a politician. And I didn't want to be entertainer because that made me sound like a comedian, which although I, I, I love to you know think that I'm a comedian, I know that that's not really my job. So I went, I went with news personality. But, uh, but you know, 
no matter what you put together a page for, and of course this is different than, than profiles on, on Facebook. These are um, designed to interact with a large group of people um, and, and be able to get around that whole, if you have too many friends, your Facebook experience is broken. It's the, the more the better, really, and it's more of like a fan relationship. But it's interesting that some brands do this really well. You know, for example, Audi, um, in this Mashable article, is proven to, to, in, to engage very well with their, with their fan base on their Facebook page. Audi, you know, they're a car company. I don't know. I mean, they've obviously got a PR team who, who's hard at work making sure that they're answering people's questions and maybe getting the news out about new models or car shows or whatever it is that Audi talks about. Justin Bieber's team... <laughs> In second, um, I say team because I just can't believe that with all the fans that he has on Facebook, that would be a one uh, a one boy show. I don't think he's a man yet. Um, yeah, let's hope he has a team in place. Uh, yeah, but it's you know it's it's it can be um, sometimes a little. Facebook pages can be really inspiring and sometimes a little depressing because. Sometimes there's a lot of potential uh, for a brand, and you and you look at the Facebook page and you think, "Gosh, they're really doing it wrong." You know, they've they've put together something, they've thrown up a logo, and they're just—it's like they're feeding in stuff, and they're never coming back. And I I try to interact with my uh, Facebook page a lot. I find that you know, on the subject of the Tumblr community being different than the Twitter community, being different than Facebook, uh, the community I have on Facebook is really unique. Um, I do send tweets to my Facebook page, and I get all different responses. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like the, the the two don't even overlap. I know that they do a little bit, but it's it's cool. I mean, it's it's um it's reassuring to know that there are big brands out there who are not uh, just you know creating a lot of noise on a big site like Facebook because some people do, but not everybody. Yeah, they do a really good job, and I think it's just a, a good. A, a good uh, page for people to follow along with. Now, Sarah, there's been something on the show that has been uh, uh, not bugging me, but I've been interested in hearing this voicemail from this guy, um, Seth from Philly, because we keep having it in the rundown. We haven't heard it yet. I know we're going to have to have an ad before, but please tell me we have time to hear it for the we show. We totally have time to hear Seth from Philly. He's he's going to be our first voicemail. I know we talked about last week. We were like, yeah, we're going to. We're going to play our first voicemail, and then we didn't get to it because, well, you know, this is the social hour that's more than an hour. But, yes, before we do that, we want to thank our friends at Squarespace. If anyone doesn't know Squarespace, I'm telling you, you are missing the best blog hosting platform and so much more that you could ever hope to have. If you're new to Squarespace and you have no idea what I'm talking about, I want you to go to squarespace.com and click on the examples tab that's right at the top there. So you can take a tour, but I like to, um, to, to show people the examples page first because right off the bat, it gives you a really good look at all of the different web, uh, web pages, for example. Okay, let's just open this one. Wagging Tails LLC. Adorable. It's some sort of, uh, well, I don't even know what it is. It's, uh, you know, it's like a pet blog. Um, really that cute. is super cute. <laughs> it's so cute. It's set up so nicely. They've got, they've got uh, Facebook buttons, affiliations. They've got, they've got uh, like a MasterCard visa. So they're, you know, selling stuff here. So you think, okay, well, that's a really nice looking site. Is that what Squarespace looks like? Squarespace looks like all sorts of other things. There's a Altitude Design Summit. Oh, I've looked at this one before. We've talked about Squarespace in the past. It's a beautiful website. And um, the idea with Squarespace is that if, you, if, you, if you're a blogger and maybe you use Typepad or maybe you use WordPress or, um, or 
you know, a variety of other services, and you love blogging, but you just feel like, I don't know, something's missing, or, or you, you know, you, you'd really like your page to look better, but you really don't know how to, to, how to write code or anything like that. Squarespace is the best place for you if this is how you feel, because they will do all of the work for you. Signing up is easy. You can put together a page in seconds flat, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true because I don't have any design skills. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm a very nice person, but I am not a designer. Uh, Amber is actually a very <laughs> nice designer. I, however, am not. Um, so you can have as, 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 as little design skill or as, or as much design skill. And that's Sarah, okay. I, need, I need help too. Trust me. Squarespace is a good thing for me too because my design skills are just, uh, I know what I like, I know what's good, but uh, like many people out there, you can use a little professional boost. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, Squarespace is great because for anybody who's just like, oh gosh, I, I've got this blog over at this other site, you can import. You can import all your information. You can also export too. So Squarespace isn't going to keep your, your, your data hostage, which I think a lot of people get worried about. They have amazing stats. You can, you, you know, you know, to the second who's coming to your site, where they're coming from. That can be really helpful if you're trying to, you know, if you're really taking this seriously and you're trying to figure out who your best refers are. Are they coming from Twitter? Did you get mentioned on someone else's blog? That stuff is really important. They have extremely good customer service. I have used more times than I would like to admit when I've screwed up my CSS in some way when I've when I've gotten ambitious and by the way if you are um, into design and you like customization that's fine too you're not going to be constrained within just just a few layouts on Squarespace they let you they let you put uh, as much or as little effort into designing your own site as possible and again you could be blogging you could be uh, showing a photo gallery you can import a Twitter widget uh, they have a variety of layouts variety of, you know, you can, you can have forms, uh, you can have contact forms set up, um, all sorts of things you can do with Squarespace. You know, we, we say it's a blog engine, but it really is so much more. Um, and of course, you can sign up and get 14 days free by going to squarespace.com slash social hour. That's our special. Yeah, it's awesome. That's our it's special also, link. You know, it's a very, very special link, and it's great, I should say, for uh, small businesses out there who want to get the site up and running, you know. I always recommend it if, if you don't have something in place and you need, don't have a huge budget, it is the perfect solution for you. So uh, your site will look professional. And Absolutely. If you go to Squarespace. Deal with all the hosting, and it's just a, um, a really good option. Totally. Squarespace.com slash social hour, 14 days free. If you like it, sign up. It's easy. Uh, by the way, well, while you're using your 14-day trial, you don't have to enter your credit card information or anything like that. I mean, it is totally hassle-free. At the end of the 14 days, if you love it, just sign up. Again, squarespace.com slash social hour, and you can get 20% off the lifetime of your site at Squarespace. And, you know, in Internet years, a lifetime is, well, still a lifetime. But it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to figure out some sort of, like, Internet years versus dog years or something. I feel like they, they go really fast. Online. There, I have to say that while I'm uh, having, you know, my audio is imperfect this show, and uh, I apologize for that, but I'm really enjoying your uh, lack of sleep and just how energetic you are. Oh my gosh, I'm a crazy person. I really am. Uh, uh, an amazing beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad you feel okay, that so way. Okay, so I know we're going to play stats from Philly, but I, <laughs> it's very enjoyable for me, but I'm sure it's not as much fun on your end. Um, before we play stats from Philly, I will say that after we play this voicemail, I will share a very quick uh, story that is not so social, but uh, interesting nonetheless about my hair turning full, and that's all.
Well, now, hold on a second, Amber, because I, I did see something about you saying that you went swimming and your hair turned purple and there wouldn't be any twit pics, but I don't know what's going on with that, and now I insist that you tell me. Oh, what? You got you to gotta hang up? I want to hear about the purple hair. Amber, come back. Amber! Okay. okay. Okay, purple hair. Here we go. Yeah. So um, what happened was I went swimming Easter Sunday and uh, in the pool where our condo is. And uh, I got out of the pool and I went inside. I took a shower. And then afterwards, I noticed, and this is some weird Easter joke, that both sides of my hair had turned purple. Um, and this wasn't something that uh, I expected, obviously. Uh, I, the only thing I can think of is that it was some weird chemical reaction because my hair been uh, highlighted and dyed so often uh -huh. that something with the chemicals and the chlorine just turned it a really but why, strange purple. Why purple? I mean, green. Green, I, I can understand. I know. My I hair don't know. used to turn green when I, I was a know. kid. That is so strange. You I know, have no idea. It could be, yeah, it could be something to do with the type of blonde because when I lived in L.A., I, I went through a, like a platinum blonde period. My hair was so blonde, and I would have to wash my hair with purple shampoo every so often to, to keep the, like, yellowish uh, out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's some sort of backwards thing. All right, do you want to hear our <laughs> overly hyped voicemail? <laughs> I sure do. I Good. can't wait. It's the, it's the theme of the show, Sarah, a lot yeah. of energy. So this is Seth from Philly, um, and let's see if I can even find Seth. Uh, okay, I think this is it. Hopefully this works. <clears throat> Seth from Philly. First, first voicemail. Hi, Amber. Hi, Sarah. Great show. It's Seth from Philly. Um, love the show. Love the hosts, obviously. It's, I miss Leo, but you guys are doing a great job, and you guys really play off each other perfectly. So keep up the good work. Keep the show going, and keep it going. Love it. Bye. So, Amber, I have to kind of laugh at myself because I thought, I can't play this. I mean, it's such a nice voicemail from Seth. And by the way, we, we have other voicemails. So um, if, if, you've, if you've sent us a voicemail, it's, it's, we'll, we'll get to it definitely. But I thought, it's just really nice. You know, every once in a while, someone just says something nice, and it really makes my so day. So sweet. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought it was, it was cool. I mean, he, he didn't really have anything to say other than he really liked the show, and he liked the fact that we were putting it together. So, Seth... You rock, um, and we promise yeah. not to just um, play voicemails that tell us how great we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we should also say that if you want to leave us a voicemail, uh, it would be really cool if you talked about any of your favorite social tips. You know, if you have a tip for be better ways to manage Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or blogging, whatever it might be, you know, we don't, obviously don't know everything, and it would be super handy if you shared some of that information as well. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would... It's like we're not building any of these services, so we're obviously learning about them from a variety of places online, and um, the more the merrier. Um, you know, if we throw everything in a pot, we all talk about it together. That is extremely helpful, um, and we thank you guys in advance. 2626Social is our Google Voice number. Of course, you can always write us to uh, thesocialhour.twit.tv is our email address. And if you want to record a video... Um, We'd love to start playing videos regularly. Um, and I apologize that I haven't been uh, really looking, combing through our inbox with a fine-tooth comb because, again, this is my first day back from vacation. But, uh, but next week, we promise, if you send a video, we will play it as long as it's, you know, under 30 seconds or so. That would be helpful. But, yeah, you know, if you, if you want to, uh, you got a question or comment, 
um, or, or a thought or, or you want to set us straight on something or suggest a service or, or, or just invite us to talk about a topic, please, please write us, call us, send us a video. Um, when you send us a video, if you can just um, record it and upload it somewhere, YouTube, Vimeo, MobileMe, whatever, something that you can send us a link so I can just open up that link, that's very helpful. Amber, before we get to rad or fad, which is, I love the fact that you coined that. I don't remember what I called it last week, the, the good or bad, but I think rad or fad is definitely better. Before we get to that, I want to thank audible.com because they are the experts of audiobooks. Now, uh, this actually came in really handy while I was on vacation. If you haven't heard by now, I spent a week in Hawaii. It was wonderful. I promise I won't talk about it beyond today. After today, it's like I never went. I had a lot of time to sit around and read. Um, I've gotten so used to not having time to sit around and read that I actually find the exercise really difficult. It's hard for me to, if I've got three hours to read a book, it is actually excruciatingly hard for me to sit there and read a book for three hours. I get uncomfortable. I kind of lose my place. My eyes get tired. Audiobooks. Audiobooks are the solution, and audible.com is the place to go because they have over 75,000 titles. I mean, they have more titles than you could possibly get through. I mean, well, I don't know. I guess if you never slept or something, you could get through quite a few of them. But uh, the point is, is that if you are the kind of person who's on the go or has a very short attention span, which is kind of like me, Audible is the thing for you because it's all books. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the latest version of books on tape. This is, this is a book that you can listen to while you're at the gym. This is a book that you can listen to when you're on vacation looking out at the sea. You know, you don't want to actually be stuck looking at, uh, you know, a, a page or, or a Kindle or anything like that. You just want to listen, you know, and you, you, and you want to kind of have your eyes and your hands free to do other things. Um, I commute to Twit every day. I'm in my car uh, each way for about 45 minutes. Audible really comes in handy for stuff like that because... It is uh, the way that I can get books read to me. And the voices, the voices the Audible has are great. Um, you know, Tina Fey has uh, her new book out, Bossy Pants, if you haven't heard about it. Um, I haven't read it yet. It's actually, it's actually in my queue after I finish the audiobook I'm using now. Tina Fey has a new book, Bossy Pants. If you're a Tina Fey fan, you've got to get this because it's read by Tina Fey herself. And, you know, if you're a Tina Fey fan, you want to hear her read her own book because then it makes her jokes funnier. Um, and that's just one of the many titles um, that you can get uh, via audible.com. Um, yeah, I really want to read that book, Sarah. I have to say, I've heard so much about it. She's so funny. I mean, she's great. She's just the funniest woman. I, I have such a platonic crush on Tina Fey. I don't think I've ever thought a woman was as, you know, witty as funny. As, as yes, Tina Fey is. So yeah, that's definitely. Oh, in fact, she's she's featured right on right on the front. We could even play a little sample from her audiobook. Um, if my internet worked, which it doesn't, because that's just the way that uh, this Monday's going. Because you know, just have a case of the Mondays. But anyway, <laughs> Audible.com. Like, poor, poor Sarah. I know. It's just like I. I mean, what else? What else? What do you want from me? I'm sorry, I went on vacation. I'll never do it again. Uh, Audible.com, if you want to try a book out, you've never used an audiobook before, you think, I don't know, I, I find it weird, the idea of, 
of, of having my mind free to do other things while I'm listening to a book, that's cool because if you go to audible.com slash social hour, you can get a free book. You can buy Bossy Pants for zero dollars. And you never have to pay anything later. You just get a free book. It's like going to a bookstore, stealing a book, except that you don't get in trouble. And you can listen to Tina Fey. You can laugh. You can cry. And then you can say, you know what? I love Audible, and I want to sign up for an account. Audible.com slash social hour is our URL. And we thank them so much for their support. Couldn't be a match made more in heaven. Finally, Amber, we have come to the best part of the show. Or maybe. Yes, rad or fat. Rad so, or fat. Uh, so it's like hot or not, good or bad. Cool, it's perfect. I love this uh, segment. Uncool. <laughs> cool or cool. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, a link that I just found uh, also unmatchable to the world's first social headphones and thought this fit in nicely to our show since we're all about uh, being social and going social. And uh, the, this is a pair of headphones that uh, is from a company called uh, Fanny Wang, which I, I've never heard of before. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I'm not. And the, I, no. Yeah, I know. It's a new name for me as well. Um, these headphones cost $170 and they allow you to share your music with other people so essentially they have a dual jack so um, you are able to uh, you know sit around and uh, watch the same shows or listen to the same music as a friend which is handy if you're on a plane I will say uh, um, uh, just really good-looking stylish headphones that fold up as well now the reason I think this fits nicely into rad or fad is that uh, the reality is you can get a, a headphone splitter or other little accessories for your headphones for pretty inexpensive. Um, so $170 seems a, a little, little pricey. Yeah, it's, it's a little uh, pricey. Headphones are hard to find. Yeah, you know, I, I'm actually in the market for headphones. Um, I used to have a pair of Bose back in the day. Um, and I loved them, and I, I lost them tragically somewhere along the way, and I've never really uh, plunked down money to get nice headphones ever since. These look great, though, um, and I think that y people who have nice headphones um, can agree that once you have them, especially if you do a lot of traveling, because um, not only do you want to block out the sound, but you want to be comfortable, you know, if you want to take a nap, you know, it's like good headphones are one of those things that uh, it's good to splurge on. $170 is not the most expensive headphones that you could get. So, I mean, if Fanny Wang oh, no, knocks no, it out, as far as, as far as the kind of social sharing thing, too, that's neat. That's a different take. That's a really different take yeah, I think on... It's one of those things too, Sarah. I think that I, I have a few pairs of uh, noise canceling headphones, and you really, you really truly need to try them out before you can kind of judge them. I may try to get a pair of these and just uh, um, get a review on the show, so we have a a real, um, a real test in terms of whether they are rad or fad. Cool. Stay tuned on this one. Sounds good. Social headphones by Fanny Wang, Story Unmashable. Rad or fad? We don't know, but we want you to help us decide if you've tried them out. If you're thinking about it, let us know. Of course, you could write us at thesocialhour at twit.tv. You can call us at 2626-SOCIAL, or you can send us a video, or you can tweet us. You know, if you just hashtag the social hour or TSH on Twitter, we'll find it. We'll talk to you. We'll respond. I mean, it's a social show, so it's all about, 
all of us, not just Amber and I. Amber, I'm sorry that we had video problems with you, but it all worked out okay. We had Matthew Ingram, senior writer over at GigaOM at the top of the show. If anyone's just joining us now, you definitely, um, he, God, that guy's smart. You definitely want to download the show later. It'll go up later today um, and, um, and watch the whole show. And, and watch me fumble wildly with a lack of sleep and some technical issues. Also, for anybody who's, um, who's possibly not watching live and wondering what is going on with this whole live thing, we record The Social Hour. It's a fairly new show. This is only episode five. Mondays, 7, uh, 7, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern. We were a little late today. That was my fault. I was stuck in some traffic and cutting it too close. So um, next Monday, we'll try to be a little bit more on time. But if you can't watch us live, you can always go to twit.tv slash TSH and watch all of our back uh, episodes. Everything's on demand. You can watch a variety of ways. You, you can subscribe. iTunes is a, is a popular subscription method for people. So you can just download the shows in the background and then watch them whenever you want. It's always free. And we love to have you. We thank everybody for watching and listening so far. And Amber, I hope that um, you have some fun in the sun plans in Florida yes. once we're done Yes, here. I do. It's been all good, Sarah. And uh, next week I will be at a, uh, hopefully, uh, well, another location in the uh, Where's Amber uh, <laughs> series on our show, but uh, with better <laughs> internet. That's, that's the only thing we can hope for at this point. So thank you so much, Sarah, for doing the show and coming back all sleep-deprived. Uh, no um, problem. I, you are just uh, a joy to watch because I was trying to be quiet because I knew I had more technical problems, but I was like, how long can she keep going? She's like the Energizer Bunny. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, she's rambling. We do. No, we, no. we need the cowbell. Sarah, stop. Just stop. Move on. Next subject. All right, Amber, I'm going to let you go. Um, okay, thanks, thanks again. Sarah. It was a great show. Uh, despite our technical issues, we rocked it out. Uh, we'll do the same thing, same time, same place next Monday. In the meantime, have a great week. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>